Hello, <laughs> welcome to Coffee Break on Unsafe Space. I am your host, Carrie Smith. I'm here with Carter Laren. Today is Valentine's Day, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day, Carrie. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. <laughs> I forgot I was doing the intro. It was, it was good. It was special. <laughs> I was about to fix the fiddle with the camera. Um, yeah, welcome. Welcome, everybody. If it's your first time here, I'll, we'll get everything out of the way. Hit like and subscribe. We have a... a Book club coming up in March, The Real Anthony Fauci, which is a real romantic um, selection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in honor of Valentine's Day. Actually, they are related, which we can get to later. Oh, um, okay. I he learned this from uh, Forbes. So, okay. Yeah. And uh, what else? We're streaming everywhere Utreon, Odyssey, Rumble, Twitter, uh, something called YouTube. Uh, mm -hmm. Facebook, and on the, our website, unsafespace.com. So you can go there if you want to watch or support us or whatever. And you can subscribe else. to my new channel, Deprogrammed. Oh, yeah. Beverly will put it in the comments or in the video description. I have a new interview up with Sarah Higdon about gender ideology, transgender ideology. It's an interesting one to follow the Chris, uh, Billboard Chris one. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to be on You Are Here with Elijah and Sydney Watson, Elijah. Schaefer. Oh, cool. Yeah. What time so is that? Watch that show. I don't know. Uh, it's oh. live. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's at night. Sometime okay, at night. Well, people should look up the, you should post the time. You are here. Yeah. The time. <laughs> <laughs> Last night, I'm a little discombobulated because I was on Chrissy Mayer has a show called the Simpcast, And it was my first time being on that show, which is like ladies and um, and it went till after a little, like around midnight and I, uh, and then I couldn't sleep cause I'd had Red Bull. So I was up for a long time, but, um, mm -hmm. it's a funny show. My husband was like, I'm going to stand in the background the whole time. So there's no simping. He was kidding. <laughs> was I'm going to ruin the show. <laughs> no, just, <laughs> we were joking. I was just imagining him behind me with his arms crossed. Like she asked, her, she, I guess she has ladies sometimes read the grossest messages that people send them or whatever. She's like, send me your simpiest messages. And I sent her one that said, I love you, baby. And I was like, here's, I've got this one today. It's from my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you understand the concept here, Carrie. <laughs> Look how simpy that is. <laughs> I love you, baby. Anyway. <laughs> Well, but that was uh, fun. I really like her. I love that she is a brave comedian who's doing just all kinds of different shows and bringing that shows a weird show where she brings different ladies together. And um, she's got a new album coming out. Who Carter get this? The the I didn't learn this till the very end of the show. She named the album live from January sixth. <laughs> 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 well, she recorded it on January 6th. So, <laughs> oh, she why, did why, like serendipitously? Yes. Yeah. So, why not oh, wow. call it that? Right. And, uh, yeah. What a crazy, funny, brilliant <laughs> naming situation. <laughs> you know, because they're going to, the people that love it and think it's funny are going to love it. And the people that hate it are just going to make it a bigger deal because they'll probably can't resist taking shots at her about it. So anyway, I thought that was really funny. You'd appreciate that. 
Although just from the title, because she's a comedian, some people might not like they might be like, oh, she's just mocking the January 6th people. I don't know. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Either way, it's a funny she name. Make it away with it. It's a great like, name. Like Kafefi. Yeah. Who knows what it means? It's just funny. Yeah. I don't even know what it means. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, should we uh, should we talk about Valentine's Day at all? Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, well, I mean, when you have a small baby, your plan is like, <laughs> we might have some time to go to the store later. But uh, what we're doing is not. What are, are you doing? Something important? Do you, that you do? Yeah, you tell me first. Work? What are you doing? We don't. We're not. We're, we don't do it. We don't do anything. Oh. Oh, I thought you were building up to something. Well, you're wearing a nice no. red shirt. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing a red shirt. We'll probably like have dinner, but like I don't. We yeah. we, we like we're exchanging a, like a gift for each each of us, but like we're not. There's a three month old who needs to be nursed every couple hours. There's not a lot like. Yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot you could do. So. Yeah. Um, plus, I'm pretty sure that every restaurant in the area is still vaccine passport tenated. Because oh, you're uh, in California. Yeah, and th supposedly they're going to lift mac mask restrictions in like a month or something, or a week, or I don't know. Like, oh no, tomorrow the state is lifting them, but I don't know what happens in all the counties around the Bay Area. We're especially well. you guys, though. So. California, they keep going back on. Remember, that's why my friend ended up moving out here with me full time because California kept saying like a year ago or something they were getting rid of restrictions. So she w she had been living with me. She went back to California. They reimposed restrictions. She came back. It's like. Gavin yeah. Newsom just keeps jerking people around. Well, so there's just some confusion. The restrictions were lifted, but only for celebrities at football events. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. That's that fine. Last night. <laughs> That's yeah. fine. Yeah. But for kids, actually, I even heard a story on NPR this morning about how um, even though every place is lifting restrictions, we probably should still make sure kids have them in school, the masks in school, because wow. um, because what was the reason? Oh, Kids like to exchange germs. That was the reason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is. And besides, Carrie, they're used to it by now. That was the other point that was made. I've gotten so, <laughs> um, you know, we've we've held in. I would say those of us who oppose the mandates have held in our personal opinions about other people's personal opinions pretty well for two years, considering that they don't hold theirs in and they try to tell us what we have to do. But I'm at the point where I have a hard time tolerating seeing a parent with a with a kid who's masked. It really bothers me. It's yeah. really it's really bothersome. It's like it's like seeing an abusive parent just out and about, proud of their abuse. That's what it makes me think of. It's it's um, it's not. There's nothing scientific about it. There's nothing that there's nothing about it that you. It shows me right away that you care more about what your friends think that you care more about some pseudo religion and, than you do about your child. And, and it really just, it puts me off to people. And I'm, I'm I struggle mm -hmm. with judgment. I don't say anything, but you know, I struggle with that judgment when I see it. Adults do what you want. I don't care. And, and I actually do understand it when, especially if it's an elderly person, I get it. I get it. Do you wear what you want, but when you put it on a child, it's so culty. Did you see that picture of Joe Biden in the White House with uh, Beverly? Can you find this picture? Just just uh, uh, look for it. Joe Biden with Billie Eilish and her brother. Do you know the singer no. Billie Eilish? 
Unfortunately, I do. And I do call her Billy Eyelash, which pissed off my daughter for the like <laughs> couple months that she liked her. But she doesn't like she's moved beyond beyond Billy. Eyelash. Well, I so, just thankfully because Billy Eyelash went like she like started to get like overtly woke and sexualized in a way that she had. Oh, really? Yeah. Look at this picture. <laughs> I, I didn't know who this was at first. I just saw it and was like, what color is this? <laughs> like, if you, this is what you put. This is a picture that you put on the cover of a brochure to join my cult and the spaceships coming in 60 days. Like it just is something so creepy about it. Yeah. I mean, anyway, Biden's in it to start with. I'm wondering why he's not sniffing her hair, but well, although he has very fine. Way. No, I know. I think, well, also the brother has fine hair as well. So maybe he's just confused about which way to lean. If he ended up in the middle, whose hair should I sniff? Uh, Lovely. Yeah, I just thought that was anyway. I I was making fun of her name just because I'm actually making fun of me because I feel like an old person because I just discovered her music. I'd heard of her, but I didn't listen to her recently. I like her music. I think she's very talented. Some, I love her voice. Some of it's okay. She's pretty talented. Her um, brother writes all the stuff. So, yeah. but you know. she's got a she's got an old timey feel to some of the songs that I heard. And I'm years late to this trend. I realize. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> but that picture just yeah. You know, come to our cult. We've got the best sandwiches. Like, it just... <laughs> this is the world we're in. If somebody told you three years ago that this would be normal, that picture. <laughs> <laughs> this this guy will be in the White House and this will be normal. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, um, fortunately, I think Billy Eyelash is on the... the down downward trend from what i can tell among the preteens and that, that why do you uh, say fortunately because her music at least sounded better it sounded better than a lot of the crap i hear oh yeah but i think like i said i think it's gotten worse and she started to talk openly about uh let's just put it this way there's interviews with her that i wouldn't want my daughter to read oh okay pushing stuff and talking about stuff and yeah. flaunting stuff that i would well like, they got they got her really good. young you know what i mean yeah whenever yeah. they they get these kids young whether it's hollywood or you know whatever part of the entertainment industry it's it usually doesn't go well yeah she is talented though i'll give her that uh <sighs> so valentine's <Okay. laughs> day happy valentine <laughs> i haven't seen my husband since Kefefe break last week when I or Friday when I ran out to say goodbye to him. Um, oh, he was supposed to was come back yesterday. But yeah, he okay. had a bunch of shows out of town, and um, his his mom was uh, traveling with him, and they ended up spending an extra day in comfort. So he's on his way back now, and uh, I'm very excited. So I made chocolate covered strawberries, and oh. we're just gonna have a relaxing day with Tiger. Tiger got a card. Don't, if Anthony's listening, I'll ruin the surprise. But I've, uh, they have—they're making so much money on Valentine's Day. They even have cards from your dog now to your husband. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and they even have people who will buy them. Yeah, I did, I did buy it. <laughs> <laughs> they have cards from your cat to you. <laughs> Well, those are important for the, the single old woman category. You need lots of those. Like, yeah. I'm like, who's buying the cat ones in line with my dog card? 
<laughs> anyway, it'll be a good day. I hope everybody well, has a nice. good day. Look, I yeah. know it was created. I know it was created by the greeting card companies this holiday, but I just, I like holidays. I like when people have enjoyment and however you're celebrating, if it's with friends or a loved one, whatever you're doing, I hope you have a beautiful day. Well, uh, not everyone shares that sentiment. Why? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, actually, there's a couple of Valentine's Day stories we can go through. Let's skip that one. Let's go to the NPR one. I found NPR has recommendations for Valentine's Day movies and books to read. And I was like, oh, like movies to watch right? and books to read, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> just to be clear. And uh, I I pulled it up and I was like, oh, well, th this is this ought to be good. Um, yeah, Beverly, do you want to pull it up? It's in it's in Notion, but I can I can also. Okay, Carrie, I, before we even go through the list, what kind of stuff? Woke. What kind of movies <laughs> might you recommend for Valentine's Day? Um, what would I recommend? Yeah, like just off the top of your head, what are some good like? Uh, the Notebook. People like the note. The Notebook is Notebook. A good people like that. Movie. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, bringing up baby. Bring up. That's. I have a list that I made. Uh, off the top of my head, those two are both on it. <laughs> yes. Uh, what are some others on your list? Let me think. When Harry Met Sally. Um, oh, I didn't do that one, but I did. Uh, shop around the corner, which I think is. Uh, oh no, that's the same one as you've got mail. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, that kind of stuff. Pretty in pink, maybe. Maybe if you're into eighties, sure. All, but those are all valid answers, right? Like, okay. Let's see. Scroll down, Beverly. Let's see what NPR is recommending for movies. <clears throat> I haven't seen some of these, but the first one is Truly, Madly, Deeply. Do you know this movie? Oh, I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen it. Well, uh, I watched the trailer. <laughs> it's about a woman whose uh, boyfriend or husband or whatever dies. She misses him dearly. He comes back. But when he comes back, she realizes that uh, there are things about him she doesn't like and she likes someone else. And the whole movie is like porn for female narcissism that like i have to choose between two guys that's the movie that's the valentine's day movie oh uh, okay you watch that's... the trailer are we not emma can i watch part of it can you play i don't know yeah try alan rickman it's old the day jamie went away I love that he's got a mustache and hair. It's tragic. One minute he has a sore throat, and he's having an examination. The next moment he stops breathing. Then, COVID. without warning, he came back. <laughs> it was truly miraculous. Are you here? You are here. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. They're happy for a little while in the trailer. Okay. Is this going to be your party trick? And he's back. But then what? This is Freddie. 
And this is Pierre. Uh, some of the guys wanted to come back to you. You're telling me that there are dead people in my living room watching videos? Five easy pieces or fits corrode. But living in the past... Was it like this before? Give me a life without a future. Can I call you? Yes. Uh, no, I'll call you. Where have you been? Do it. I've sort of worked out that you're living with somebody else. How can she choose? <laughs> between the man she truly, badly, deeply loved. Can't believe I'm doing this. And another man. I love basically everything. Uh, music, curry, I can practically recite the complete words of all. Truly, madly, deeply alive. I've got to be somewhere else. It's very complicated. Darling, I don't want you to go. I don't know what I want. Truly, okay. madly, deeply. All right, there, there you go. Yeah, that's sort of, in, that's a weird, val- I mean, it does, it, I might watch that movie, but for Valentine's yeah, yeah. Day? Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, it might be fine, but I'm like, really? That's the Valentine's Day message? Like, e- even if it's a complete, someone in chat says, I loved it. He's a ghost. She's grieving. It's comedy and it's delightful. Okay, fine. Okay. But it's not a val- like it's not a Valentine's Day <laughs> movie. Like, here's about grieving and moving on. Okay. Great message. Maybe not Valentine's Day message. Keep scrolling down. We Wait, don't, we're not going to watch I, it. I do trailers. just, anybody watching, oh, okay. there is one caveat. I'm just going to bust your balls for one second with love. That's fine. Die Hard is your favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's all. <laughs> we're in a Valentine's I don't think movie. that needs to be defended. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because Alan Rickman is also in it. That's the key. <laughs> oh, okay. As long, okay, got it. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't love that one. It's Alan Rickman. <laughs> um all right uh the next thing isn't a movie it's they they recommend watching the olympic ice skaters that are going today we can skip that no yeah (laughs) ted lasso because it's an alien and an astronaut i guess that's cool ted lasso i have no idea what this is but it doesn't look particularly valentine's day do you know what ted lasso is i've never heard of it yeah and it's not it doesn't appear to be about it's not really about love. Read what they say. Uh, Valentine's Day is a wildly inconsistent holiday. No one is safe. Some years are romantic. Some are brutal. Some are honestly boring. On a day when you can guarantee nothing about what someone is feeling and about love, I recommend the show that will make you feel everything about love. Ted Lasso. It's like he's he's just a... I don't know if he's a salesperson or what he is, but it's, just, it's not... Yeah, we don't have to watch that trailer. Yeah, okay. I'm, so I'm move on. Skip- Somebody says it's good, though. Okay, let's see. Okay, fine. But it's not. That's it. Those were the movie recommendations. <laughs> oh, that's all? That was it. Now we move on to the books. And we don't have to read the things. I think the titles of the books should tell you enough. Doesn't eye to every... eye, portraits of lesbians. Okay. Doesn't everybody <laughs> love uh, Love Actually? I mean, that's not one of my favorites, but I can't believe that's not on the mainstream list here. Right. So I I made a list of ones that I liked and and ones that were in the mainstream. And I don't like all the mainstreams, but like, uh, I mean, some ones that I like. I like this movie called Love Letters with Jennifer Jones and Joseph Cotton, which is old that no one sees. I like Shop Around the Corner, Bringing Up Baby, Big Fish. There's a movie called Once I like, uh, Amelie, Eternal Sunshine oh, of the Spotless yeah. Mind. These are all focused oh, on love. Eternal Sunshine, yeah, although that's really right? sad. Gone with the Wind, Jerry Maguire, and Titanic, not my favorites, but all on that list. Love Actually, also, like, about love, at least. None of those anywhere on this list, right? Okay, books. So, eye-to-eye portraits of lesbians. All right, next. Okay. The Little Prince. Great. But okay. Uh, 
Love in the Time of Cholera. I don't know this one, but I know I don't like Gabriel Garcia Marquez, but maybe some people do. I don't know. Uh, is that the... What's that movie? Is that... Oh, wait, hold on. Let me see what that's about. A sprawling work of fiction that spans decades, which illuminates love and loss. Cardinalian, and intensity. It might be fiction. fine. I don't know. Is this the one that got made into a movie with... Um, uh, Edward Norton. What is that? I love that movie. What is that? I movie? don't know. Somebody know I what don't I'm talking know. about. But the metaphor here is that love is cholera, which is a sickness and a virus. <laughs> okay. So next, last is the next one. Um, it's the about painted, a gay writer who goes painted, on an international. Sorry. Hold what? on one second. The Painted Veil. Have you ever seen that? No. That That's good. good. Okay. You should watch that. Right. It's sad too, but it's good. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Les, which is about a gay writer who goes on an international book tour to avoid having to attend the wedding of his ex-boyfriend. That's it. Those are your book recommendations. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Happy Happy Valentine. We don't have to look at the rest because it's the other one is music and there's three songs that they recommend and two of them are not in English, so I don't have anything to say about them. Uh, even though we are in America and it's National Public Radio, you know, two of the three songs aren't decipherable by English speakers. Uh, and the other one is a Betty Davis song or something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Betty Davis eyes. No, no. I'll pull it back up, Beverly. It's the first one. It's, I don't, it's not Betty Davis, the actress. It's something else. Uh, go up, up down. They say I'm different by Betty Davis. Oh, that's know. a different Betty. She just passed away. Yeah. It's a different. Yeah. Betty Davis. Yeah. Um, Spoken anyway, I figure we can skip music because everyone's got different musical tastes and it's and there's lots of musical songs about love. What books what books would you recommend? I realized my 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 list of books about romance is that I've actually read is extremely short. I don't really have any great I have like a couple I could maybe say, but I don't read and I don't read Jane Jane Austen or any of those classic things. Um okay, so this is sort of embarrassing, but you know, I go through phases and most of the time that I was in social justice, I read for fun. I mean, I read a lot of horror and zombie and splatterpunk and zombie fiction and stuff. Is like, there zombie John. love books? Um, yes, there's also there's also post-apocalyptic romance, which I would read from time to time. It's really embarrassing. If I if all my books hadn't been moved out of this house yet already, I would show you where I hide them all because I still have them. <laughs> But there, there, uh, there's so many different like subgenres of romance, and there's uh, there's the post-apocalyptic romance. I haven't read that stuff in years, but when I did, it was like you know, it's like the end of the world, and there's like uh, yeah, were uh, werewolves and, and like zombie land. And zombies, and yeah, and then there's yeah. like two fighters who find each other and star-crossed lovers, and yeah, that kind they're of. They're the stuff. only living like, people in hundred miles, and therefore they're in love. Like if Res if you took Resident <laughs> Evil. And then added a romance plot, right? Which there was kind of. Yeah, well, Zombie Land. There's a little bit of a romance plot, and Shaun of the Dead. There's a little bit of a romance plot. Um, yeah, exactly. Sort of. <laughs> I just I this old book, um, which I think is going to be romantic. I found it at an, an antique shop. It's called The Redemption of David Corson. And I've heard it. Heard yeah, it. it's uh, it was written in nineteen fourteen which uh, was the year that 
our new old house was built. And so I was like, oh, mm. let me see what, what people, and it was very popular that year. And so it's about a, a guy and uh, it, finding God and love, I think. So that'll be an interesting Valentine's Day. Someone just said Love and Monsters. That was that was a movie that we watched as a family like a little while ago, a few months ago, and it was actually really good. Um, oh, John Delarose is in chat. Hey, John. Uh, Did you right. the only books any I romantic? Think of, okay. The only ones I can think of is Scarlet Pimpernel, which has a romance story to it, kind of. I'm like I'm stretching. I admit, um, I have to stretch for this one. Uh, Alcestis, which is a Euripides, which is like. Uh, kind of this tragic love thing, but it kind of turns out Disneyified a little bit at the end. Um, but in terms of recent books, I did read Time Traveler's Wife within the last 10 years, and it was a really good book, uh, and it was romantic. That's it. That's all I got on my list. Hmm. I'm not I'm not the guy to ask about romance novels. Uh, here. The other, the other one that I like to read... <laughs> It's historic, historic, historical romance, like historical <laughs> Western. Oh, okay. Uh, and the names are always like savage. And <laughs> yeah. I just like, that's terrible. They're not good literature. <laughs> they're, they're like, well, they used to be called dime store novels, you know? <laughs> Ken Ono for Chuck says, whatever genre princess bride is the answer. I almost said it was, oh. I almost wrote that one down. Cause it's a great book and there's a love story in it. But, yeah. Prince, Princess Bride. Adam Coleman's in the chat. He says, there's an amazing book detailing a memorable love story. It's called Black Victims <laughs> of Black Victor. Same NPR energy. Excellent. Yes. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were going to talk about romantic books or I would have spent more time preparing. Now all I can think about it. The it was a last minute romantic. thing, which is why I don't have many books. That yeah. was it. I mean, I can't think of. I'm, I was I hoping mean, you oh, would have a, oh, you know, a, a well, list. Yeah, because that, but that's not where I go to. I mean, I go to the the junk stuff that I used to read. Oh, um, but no, when I was younger, I loved Anne of Green Gables, and Anne of Avonlea. Oh, my sisters love that. There's a whole there's a whole romantic storyline there, you know. Yeah, I know. The, I know the ones that are famous. There's the Jane Austen novels. Um, there's uh, Keep the that, Anne of Green Gables stuff. What else? Keep that guy Keep that. says Atlas Shrugged is my favorite romance book. Yeah. I love it. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I, I didn't put it on my list, though. Uh, Have you I would read... sooner put Fountainhead on my list than and I'll show up. I'll love those books. Actually, Anthem is uh, kind of, yeah. Probably Ayn Rand's not where you want to go for excellent love stories, in my opinion. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. If I think of another, it's just been a while since I've read that kind of a, you know, and then I loved, well, Anne of Green Gables is probably the most wholesome and most, you know, I loved Margaret Atwood, but it wasn't ever, it wasn't ever like it ended well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I would yeah. call it, there's not they really need a, to, Love stories need to end well. Yeah. I think in order for them to be good for Valentine's Day, I, if, so Keith is trying to recommend Rand stuff. And as much as I like Rand, I wouldn't recommend any of her books for like romanticism, but for, you know, like a romantic book. However, she did uh, write the screenplay for Love Letters uh, with Jennifer Jones and Joseph Cotton. It's pretty good. Um, and if you want to, if you need, if you desperately need a little bit of Ayn Rand, I guess you could go that route. But there's other stuff that's 
Someone said I'm they liked. Uh... You... Oh, someone. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm sending you, Beverly, an article that we could read. It's uh, how to have a woke, eco-friendly Valentine's Day. Oh, mm. excellent. Because I was worried about how to do that. Someone also said Casablanca. And that was on my list, but I crossed it out because I don't think it's primarily a love story. Like, it's a good story. And, like, love is is obviously the motivating factor, kind of. And, like, but it's not really, it's not really a love story. It's, it's got other stuff so all right how to make woke eco-friendly well first of all they're starting really well because i don't see any white men in this picture so that's good yeah so there's two ladies here um do you want to read this uh yeah says, hold on let me did you send this it? is the this is the sub headline this is in spiked how to have a woke eco-friendly valentine's day whatever you do get loud clear and enthusiastic consent <laughs> have them sign this document do they have pre-printed they have like pdfs that we could print out yeah i might now touch your bad spot or your naughty bits uh, uh it's valentine's day or as the romans called it lubricalia i've seen a lot of reference to the origins of it as this pagan holiday and i know that that's probably true but i never used to see a lot of origin i never used to see a lot of talk about that i don't know if that's just a thing that they like to remind everyone of now, I think the true origins of American Valentine's day are from Hallmark. Yeah. Uh, but would you, we want to read this or no? Yeah. Why don't you read it? Okay. All right. So, uh, and while we no longer raffle women off in a festival of fertility rights, well, speak for yourself spiked, uh, hopeless romantics across the world will be hoping for some signs of affection on this international day of love. By the way, uh, as a, Aside, since they're saying it's an international day of love, did you know that in Japan there's Valentine's Day, but also White Day? Yes, I just named. learned this last night. I thought yeah. White Day was a day where you give people tuna noodle casserole and uh, <laughs> do like an Irish jig. But right. no, Smothered it's about romance. No, yeah, it's for the girls to do something nice for the guys. We could never do that here, obviously, because men are horrible and toxic. But in Japan, apparently. Men are less toxic. Okay. Uh, but 21st century Valentine's Day is no joke. Okay. Our ancestors might have gotten drunk and whipped women with animal hides. Why are they? That's the second sentence that started like this horrible thing may have happened, but now this. Thank you for yeah. the constant reminders. Our ancestors may have gotten drunk and whipped women with animal hides and martyred a few men called Valentine. But celebrating it today is no less fraught with dangers. I think it's less fraud. <laughs> there might be some. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're unlikely to be whipped with an animal hide, unless that's your thing. Uh, have you woken up hoping for the smell of a dozen roses in your bedroom? You should know better, unless they were cut fresh from your front garden. You oh should know God. better. Gonna, it's I'm scolding gonna... you. It's scolding you for getting flowers. I know. I can see where this is going, and it hurts already. The environmental cost of shipping millions of roses from the mountains of Colombia and Ecuador uh, each year is far greater than your desire for a romantic gesture. Yes, but there are brown people in Colombia and Ecuador who rely on the rose industry in order to feed their brown children. So therefore, you're obligated to buy roses if, unless you're a white supremacist who just doesn't want to help the Colombian and Ecuadorian children. The New York Times suggests using revased 
which will send you slightly wilted <laughs> flower leftovers from local court. <laughs> see? Here, honey. <laughs> you see? So, you know, people that want to complain about Catholic guilt and these different kinds of religions that instill this constant guilt and works-based, you know, faith to get rid of it. Because I've heard people describe, I'm not describing Catholicism that way. I've heard people describe it as this guilt-based thing. No, there is nothing more guilt-based than woke. And oh, nothing. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> nothing. It's like, lash yourself in here. Enjoy these wilted flowers so you can walk around in a hair shirt beating yourself in the public square. I received wilted flowers. I'm so much better than you. <laughs> I, You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here and say any guy who reads this articles and gives those flowers to his woman, I... I would bet dollars to donuts that those flowers are indeed a metaphor for his sexual prowess. Okay. Um, <laughs> or if you're really feeling particularly eco-romantic, that's not a word, eco-romantic, nothing says I love you like a potted herb. <laughs> nothing does quite like a potted herb. So roses won't do. Oh, we've concluded that now? Thank you. What about chocolate? Uh-oh. <laughs> Fuck, are the Colombians involved in chocolate as well? Well, have you bothered to check whether or not your beloved is comfortable with supporting the dairy industry? <laughs> the number of vegans in the UK has surpassed a whopping 600,000, which means there's a good chance that your Tinder date tonight is going to object to your attempt at wooing. But they extra. all have blue hair, so they're easy to spot. If you're not dating yeah. one, if she doesn't have blue hair, she's fine with chocolate. God. <laughs> For extra vegan brownie points, a box of PETA-approved chocolates, and they have a handy link. They have a link there. So you can buy PETA-approved chocolates. We'll show him or her that you really care, and you're a good person. You're a good person. I love this. This is the best article Here, I've seen in a really long it. time, Karen. You take I it. I can't. Uh, okay. <laughs> what if your plans tonight involve attending a single social organized by your friend's <laughs> office? Okay. What if they do? The breakout space by the coffee machines has been decked out with love hearts, and the crowd is nervously encouraged to mingle by an excited secretary. Yeah, but isn't there COVID? Never mind. You reach for a glass of... Dutch courage, but quickly realize it's a mocktail. In light of the scale of sexual harassment in the workplace revealed by the hashtag MeToo movement, most those were mostly in Hollywood, uh, many offices have instituted an alcohol-free policy at work socials. Why? Uh-oh. Here we go. I need, There's a cause and effect coming up here. Because booze turns the men in the room into groping perverts and dulls the women's the fragile, beautiful, perfect women's, their senses are, dull, are dulled, rendering them helpless. You are also reminded that at last year's Valentine's Day, two people had sex on the photocopier, ew, after a glass of Pinot Grigio, to prevent such sexism reoccurring. Well, that's not sexism, that's just gross. HR has instituted a no-staring rule. What? And there's a link there. Yeah, we could. And any that. lingering hugs will result in instant expulsion. Oh, hold on. I got to read the no staring rule. I'm, cl I'm clicking on the link. Yeah. Report Netflix bans employees from looking at each other for more than five seconds. Oh. 
This is the world we're in. I um I did not realize that the fall of Rome would be so entertaining. It's uh, so, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Netflix bans employees from looking at each other for more than five seconds. That means that this had to have been something that someone reported more than once, I think, for this to have become a thing. Look, I know, I, I and I do believe this, and I've said this before, I know Putin is a tyrant, and it's not free at all in, in Russia, but sometimes I'm just, would he just take over? Like, I can't, <laughs> please, at least we don't have this crap. I, it's just, I could we rerun by better bullies? These bullies suck. Okay, well, we, all right, we all go back to the other article. Sorry. Yeah, let's go back. Okay, uh, if you manage to achieve, yeah, yeah. okay, if you manage to achieve an ethical, moral, and politically correct Valentine's Day, and you'd like to invite your hot date home with you, be careful. Leaning in for that midnight <laughs> kiss at the tube station should not happen unless you have asked for consent beforehand. It doesn't I matter. You're supposed she... to lean in. There's a whole book in Silicon Valley about <laughs> leaning in. It no? doesn't matter okay. that she spent the entirety of the dessert course with her foot up your, your trouser leg. There's no way of knowing whether a woman is comfortable <laughs> with your sexual advances unless you get loud, clear, and enthusiastic verbal consent. It is entirely possible that the pressure of having to adhere to the social norms of romance on Valentine's Day has forced her to accept your awkward advances unwillingly. And for God's sake, if you end up if you end up coupling up, don't post cute pictures of your date on social media. Single shaming is real. Okay. <laughs> and it's not okay. <laughs> I'm happy. You're sad shaming. I kind of love whoever wrote this. Yeah. I, Cause I, it's got, it's almost a parody by the it way. I like yeah. How, they're making fun of it. Yeah. I like how it's not just loud and clear verbal consent, but now it has to be enthusiastic. I'm waiting for the court case where she's like, well, I did say yes, but I wasn't super enthusiastic about it. So it's rape. Yeah. By the way, I, I mean, this this ought to piss you off as a female, right? I mean, this is, I, I've not seen the infantilization of, of women to, to such a degree in a long time. The assumption here is that you are putty in a man's hands that you have no ability to control yourself, uh, responds to, to the pressure of social norms, say no, walk away. Like you have no agency at all. I mean, this almost reads like a, like a, uh, a patriarch from 300 years ago explaining like how to be nice to a lady. Cause you know, they will they have no ability to do anything on their own so you got to it's almost like that yeah well this yeah she's doing a good job of pointing out like the state of culture where we're at but look by the way she, the woman who wrote this Ella Whelan, i want to check out her book now she's the author of what women want fun freedom and an end to feminism <laughs> uh can we read the last paragraph yeah of course, mm -hmm. yeah. if you identify as asexual and the idea of romance makes your stomach turn, you can always invite your friends around for Galentines. That's true. I know a lot of women who do Galentines. Galentines or Palentines or Leave Me Alone Times. But remember that in reality. Huh? I just want to point something out. If you're going to a Palentine, you will never, ever, ever have a woman for the rest of your life. That's, you've just, you've defined yourself as an incel. 
A palantine? A palantine. But remember that in reality, it's all just a capitalist trick to get you to buy things, keep Clintons in business, <laughs> and reinforce damaging heteronormative ideas of love. Happy Valentine's Day. I don't know. I think she just threw that in at the end to be funny. It's if funny it's not piece. funny, well, I mean, maybe it's supposed to be funny. Fun freedom and an end to feminism. That's what women want. How, what what feminine like this is feminism's being replaced with what what do you mean like this this is a weird i mean I, this article is satire are you sure yes yes ela ela is i mean she could be on this show making fun of the state of the world that's what this article is she's showing oh. you how, woke, how woke the world is okay i didn't even See, get that i thought this was real Oh, this is a positive thing because this is how far we've come now. That I thought this was totally real. Karen. Oh, <laughs> well, that's the world we're in. I mean, I at first you could yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I I oh, actually I think it's awesome that I didn't know. I I I didn't realize till the first paragraph. Or I didn't realize at all. The whole like, thing oh. it just sounds like it's exactly. Wow. Are you reading chat? <laughs> no, I'm I'm looking at this article stunned. You're you're looking at it with different eyes now. Yeah, she's making fun of woke. She's pointing out how woke the world is. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna defend that I I don't I don't know I don't know how I'm supposed to tell. That's 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 the world we're in. I, I really don't know. know. Like now that you've like that's why I was confused by her book. Like, why does she say fun freedom and end feminism? Those that sounds great. Yes, she wants like, an end to feminism. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, she does. <sighs> wow. All right. Well, despite no, it's a joke. I think. Do her editors know it as a parody? Yeah. Oh, I think they know. Yeah. All right. Well, good for her. That was uh, she duped me on that one. So twist ending. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, but everything that she said is stuff that you hear. It is. Yeah, she's pointing to all that. It's all tongue in cheek. It's all sarcasm. This is part of my issue with sarcasm. Maybe <laughs> is that you don't know. We're in a time when you don't know. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Joyner says, I'm familiar with Ella. Definitely satire, but it is hard to tell, to be fair. Well, I mean, good for her. That yeah. I mean, I, I still like satire. I'm going to give her props for this. That was well done. It got me. But, I mean, looking back at it, I'm like, I don't know. I guess it's over the top, but that's the thing. Read Slate. Yeah, it's over the top. <laughs> Everything's they, over the top. They like, do write articles like this. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, is Spike the publication I should know? Are they not woke? Um, I think they're relatively not woke. But everything's been going that way lately. You know, Vice used to be Sorry. not woke, and now it's super woke, so I don't know. Yeah, but Vice was always commie. Uh, nice. <sighs> All right, well... I kind of feel better that this, I mean, I feel better. Yeah, yeah. She's making fun of it. So can we pull up, uh, Beverly, can you find and pull up the trailer for this Showtime show? Everything's going to be all white. 
Oh, God. Wait, let's do some super chats before we go through Let's that. do some super okay. chats while Beverly's pulling that up. The reason I want to talk about that, though, while you're pulling up super chats is that I actually, I think it's, I think it's sort of what you told me a couple years ago. Uh, I think it's evidence that thing, it may be in its death throes, this ideology, because they're doubling and tripling down at a time when nobody wants to see this crap anymore. Woke is not doing well in the in the consumer market you know they have to turn off comments on youtube videos like that yeah yeah um all right i think this is from this might be from a previous this might be from a previous show so sorry but cheeky mayor says circle dot circle circle dot dot now i have my koofy shot who knew that first grade would apply to my 30s I don't know what that's from. Thank Maybe it's from a previous show. Super Iron Bob says, regardless of their origins, having a shared tradition normalizes and unifies the society. Attacks on the celebration are attacks on the society. Yes, that is correct. Uh, Stevie says, hi, congrats on the baby Carter. On Sam Brenton is how you feel about government worker standards, dress and mental fitness. There are currently none. X conflate being X with no gender standard and pink hair. Uh, Adam Coleman says, there is this amazing, oh, we read this one, Black Victim to Black Victor, yep. We read Thanks. Keith the Hack Guys, who's arguing Atlas Shrugged as his favorite romance book. <clears throat> I'll Fight You Naked says, my wife reads Chinese boy-on-boy -boy love novels that are being banned in China as part of their remasculinization project. What? No more girly boy crap. I, dude, if it's a joke, I'm, it's... Whew. TPS says, this is stupid. Valentine's Day is the Feast of the Martyr, Priest Valentius, who married people despite a ban from the Roman Empire and Hallmark. Yeah, I think, uh, I think like many Christian holidays, it was uh, intentionally put next to or around um, a pagan holiday so it could be usurped. Uh, Pirate Tomsky says, I like to show my woke Valentine I love her by starting a riot which only burns down buildings in the shape of her name. Hashtag. <laughs> that was awesome. Power Tom. Uh, and look at that. We have Kamala Harris, although I think misspelled um, in chat today, who says Valentine's <laughs> day was always my favorite. I love the candy and the opportunity for career advancement. Ooh, bah, bah, this person's laughing, but yeah, we know <clears throat> Kamala's career advancement. Uh, TPS says anti-theist jerks, Lying about my culture. I don't know what that's. You might have also been duped by the articles. <laughs> so I was like, Super Iron Bob says, is Netflix still the company that gives you unlimited leave, but also unstated is that you'll be punished for ever using it? Uh, they probably are. I know the Netflix culture does do unlimited leave. Um, and they actually have a lot of respect for the a lot of the things about Netflix uh, company culture. <clears throat> they the the execs are forced to be taking leave in order so that people don't feel bad about uh taking it but <laughs> i don't know it's i don't know how well it's working but it's an interesting idea andrew joiner says i am familiar with ella definitely satire but it is yeah. hard to tell to be fair okay she sounds cool somebody in chat said this was not a super chat but i saw somebody said yeah spiked is lefty but generally anti-woke lefty oh okay all 
I can't. I don't know what um, lefty means if it's not woke lefty anymore. Is it like like traditional liberal? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it means like it means like Jimmy Dore. It means like a, a you know actual Dennis Kucinich kind of lefty, but not woke. I'll fight you naked. Says not a joke. All true. I was never going to be normal. Yeah, you're you're in for it, buddy. All right. Um, I know Pirate Tomsky. Some people have already seen this trailer, and I apologize. You can mute it. But for the people who haven't, this Netflix, this new trailer for this net, Netflix show. It's not Netflix, around. it's Showtime. Sorry, Showtime, Showtime. I got it it's wrong. Showtime docu-series as well, uh, which I guess there's, there's like a patina of legitimacy when you say something's a docu-series or whatever, documentary series. Okay. <sighs> I don't know. Let's do, let's do this. We should pause it so we don't get demonetized for playing it, unless it's just out generally i don't know it's out we watched the whole thing last night on the show oh okay i think what annoys me most about white people is when they pretend like they're the victim <laughs> what's also annoying is when they you know when they kill us what is fragile about whiteness when everything has been constructed around it Every part of who I am has been distorted or criminalized. It's really just a bunch of white lies. <laughs> We're storming the Capitol! You're not patriots. You're ridiculous. One of the definitions of American whiteness is ignorance. White <laughs> people, I thought we it was are not your problem. You are. Should white people today feel any responsibility for slavery? <laughs> Hell yeah. White Jesus or black Jesus? Jesus was not white. Think of geography. Ain't no way. Jesus walked around with blonde hair and blue eyes. White culture fears the end of the world. For us as native people, the end of the world already happened like multiple times. Symbols and monuments, these are mementos of racism. Bring that after that. What about TCBY yogurt or something? Everybody can get behind. <laughs> the truth has to be told about history. We have to from make sure that POV. these stories are told from our perspective. There's always hope. You know what I'm saying? We don't give up. It's about obliterating systemic and institutionalized racism. Oh, no, that's what it's about. This is a wild place, y'all. It's a wild place. I know Harriet and Frederick be up there just like, what is they going to do? Everything's going to be all white is the name of this. Oh, okay. So just a couple of, uh, of thoughts <laughs> right off the bat. This is, I do think it's their death throes, and I think they're doubling and tripling down on something that nobody wants to see. Somebody in chat said that this has a one, like a one point something rating on IMDb. <laughs> I mean, it's so low. Um, nobody cares about this this religion anymore. Like the population, Matt, the, the elite do. Trust me, everyone, all the people making all the decisions at Showtime, everyone running the cultural institutions, they still care about it. They're still trying to push it. But I do think that there's some positive news that the population at large is moving on and they're tired of this stuff. They're tired of being preached this religion. And something really interesting in this is, is, um, I like this trailer because it shows their lies right out front. Do you see how it says from the POC POV from the person of color point of view? It's such a lie. It's such a lie. 
it's not even about race. They say it's about race. It's not about race. This is Marxism and it's Marxism using race, using identity. If this were from the POC point of view, they would have a range of voices. They would have Coleman Hughes. They would have people There is like no Adam POC Coleman. point of view. Right. Because that's an anti-intellectual idea. I it's just an anti-intellectual idea. Yeah, but the point is, look at who they have on the look at who they talk to, who's people of color, and look at who they don't. They only talk to people who uphold the ideology. I'm I'm saying this. I, I just want to get this out for anybody who's in my old belief system who's watching this. Look at what you're a part of. They're never going to talk to a Coleman Hughes or an Adam Coleman or a, a Larry Elder or, or Thomas Sowell or Candace Owens. Or, they're never going to talk to someone who doesn't speak social justice. And you are liars when you say this is the first the color point of view. It is not true. Look at the white people you talk to. You talk to white people who what? Speak the ideology. The, the unifying, the one thing that, that everybody has in common with the people you talk to, you all speak the ideology. It doesn't matter about race. It doesn't matter at all. You're liars. You actually don't care. You're using race. You're using race to push one belief system and you won't talk to people who don't, who are not part of that belief system, whether they're white or a person of color, they're never going to be in a documentary, but you're liars. That's, that's what I see when I watch this is like, wow, your lies are right out in front. The POC POV. What bullshit. <laughs> what absolute bullshit. I, I, uh, it's so bad that part of me is just glad that it's yeah it's so beverly i just sent a link show show everyone the rotten tomatoes score audience says four <laughs> <laughs> percent nobody wants your crap did you see my old client in there yes i did i was like Mar is that her it was her oh yeah, yeah. margaret cho margaret cho is is a good example of one of these people who is doesn't She's not even a true believer. They, the true believers spread a belief system first. Like the sincere believers are usually small in number. I think I'm starting to think maybe in any belief system, maybe there's a smaller number of the sincere believers. I don't know. But then you have when it becomes more, more um, socially required or accepted or common, then, then you have everyone else move into that space and they all start speaking the belief system because that's what everyone around them does. That's the ecosystem. And that's most of Hollywood and all the people making decisions at Showtime and stuff. They speak woke because that's the hip religion. That's the culture currently at this time. It's not that they're like true, sincere believers. And so it's really funny to see people in there who are just paying lip. Of course, they're just paying lip service to this shit. Yeah. You want to be in this well, woke thing? Yeah. Cool. Most people don't engage their critical thinking skills to analyze moral ethical or even political positions that they hold they just they look around them see what's cool and popular and jump yeah. on that bandwagon and then rationalize it um and if there's off-the-shelf rationalizations that robin d'angelo can write down in a book for them then so be it they'll use those <laughs> they can yeah. do even less thinking so and i think your intuition which is just mine as well i don't have evidence but i think your intuition is correct that like it's probably a very small percentage of people in any belief system that are actually the true believers and uh, the rest of them are just kind of going along for social reasons, social pressure, social credit, uh, which I guess not, that term has been ruined, but you know. Yeah, but this, the, the sheep, most people are sheep and they follow 
wherever right. the shepherds are leading people. And if the shepherds are woke, then they're moving into woke. And in, in the entertainment industry, the shepherds have been woke for a while. And so that's where all these people end up. You know, they're like, this is what I'm speaking. This is popular. And also you can get things by speaking it. You know, you can yeah. claim this fake victimhood. And yeah. And in this yeah. case, you can be, um, you can use race in this way and be shamefully racist towards white people and have it be excused as something yeah. virtuous. I mean, yeah, all of, all of woke ideology is basically just, it's a, it's a form of tribalism and it's the, the tribe to attack is, uh, basically whites. Um, specifically like the, the, the perfect enemy is the white cis male. Um, and if you're in that tribe, you can be, a, you can help attack it. In which case maybe they'll let you, you know, leave you alone for a little bit. Uh, and if you're not in that tribe, but try and defend it, uh, or just defend, not defend that tribe, but to like say like, Hey, let's stop attacking that tribe because <laughs> that's stupid. Uh, then you're a traitor. Then you're the Candace Owens or the Thomas souls or whatever. Um, yeah. The whole thing is so I, I look at that trailer, Carrie, and I don't, I mean, it's so low IQ. It's yeah. So low IQ. I, I, I expected to see Maxine waters in there. Who's my favorite low IQ politician. Um, but it's just, it's, it's, it's shock. And, and it, and what's, it's interesting is it's so low IQ and it seems like the lower IQ they go, the more confident they get in their opinions. <laughs> so it's incredibly confident and smug while at the same time being extremely low IQ. Well, uh, Carter Brando is what plants need. Oh, I what is it? No. Rondo, but you got Rondo it. is what pants plants need. The way that, that's the idiocracy world. I mean, I I am shocked sometimes at I don't know how dumb things or how how they do sell. There is a there is a portion of the audience out there that you know the, there's a percentage of eyeballs who are going to eat this up. There are people who are still very much in that cult who are going to watch this. I don't think it's the mainstream at all. I think this is a good sign that the mainstream is rejecting all this crap, but that woke audience, they're going to love this. It doesn't matter that it's dumb. Yeah. They're like, yeah, well, preach to me what I believe. <laughs> yeah. And, and the truth is there are a lot of people who are angry and have psychological dysfunction one way or another, but are just at least angry and resentful and bitter and nihilistic. And this gives them an excuse to tear things down. Like, what what they're trying to do is is destroy everything, and this gives them an excuse to go on rampages and destroy everything. Um, which is why Black Lives Matter is supported for burning stuff down, but the truckers aren't supported because the truckers aren't trying to destroy anything. They just want yeah. some mandates lifted, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. So they're on the wrong side. They're on the side of leave people alone. We don't want to actually do a lot of damage. We're not trying to destroy things. Um, so I, B Allen gives us a super chat. Thank you. B Allen says it's the, it's not the POC point of view. It's the director's point of view. Yes. Correct. 
it's the social justice point of view. It's probably the point of view of everyone in the in the yeah in that show as well. But yeah, <sighs> did you see? Um, was it Lofty Pixel did a version of this? Oh yeah, it was so good. Uh, I like Lofty Pixel. Yeah, yeah. You gotta put that up or. I don't know where that one is. Like, if if uh, if you want to find it, Beverly and put it up, you can. But yeah, he was just like flipping it to show you how racist it would be it's if totally it were racist. not about white people, but about black people, or you know, it, that's that's the easy test. But they they have run such a good game uh, on changing definitions, and and they've gotten so many people. I used to fall into all that crap, believing like, oh, racism is prejudice plus power, and that means that only white people can be red racist and uh, people of color, it's impossible for them to be like people believe that stuff on the, I, again, I think it's less and less people, but the ones who are in does it, this make you, does, does this make you, if it's the death throes? Yeah. Does this make you optimistic? Yes. Does it? Yes. You know what else makes me optimistic in my Facebook feed? There's these paid brand brands just like in twitter feed that show up all the time you know it's like an ad like gross i don't want to see this i just want to see the people i'm following and there's these diversity inclusion equity courses for your workplace that keep showing up where you can you can pay to bring a diversity inclusion equity counselor to your workplace and the i guess they show up because i always put a comment on there like delete your account or like get bent or whatever. And they, so they, maybe that's why they keep popping up because I'm interacting <laughs> with them. But uh, the best thing is Facebook's reading, like, she likes yeah. these people. <laughs> <laughs> but if you read the comments, they're all like that. It's, it just restores my faith in humanity. All of the comments on the diversity inclusion equity courses are just people bringing it home to them. Right. Like, Go sell your racism somewhere else. You know, we know what diverse inclusion equity really means. You know, take this crap off my wall. We're tired of this stuff. It's like, yes, yes. Yeah. And people used to be afraid to stand up against it because they were afraid they would be called a racist when they're not a racist, but they are not They're getting over that fear. I think the tide is turning. People are like, no, take your snake oil racism bullshit showtime and go peddle it somewhere else. We don't want this crap. I'm 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 glad that you're I'm I'm glad that it makes you optimistic. I am optimistic. I'm trying to, to be optimistic about it, but I'm like there's part of me that's just like not. So that's why I'm, I'm that's why I'm asking for some optimism. I should take screenshots to show you because it is very encouraging. I feel like just a, a couple years ago I was the only person in comment sections like that like get bent and everyone else is like piling on. And now there's like tons of people. The tide the tide is turning, Carter. It's good. It's good. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I my I will say that the pattern that I've noticed, not just me, but a lot of people have noticed in history is they the left goes a little bit too far, gets pulled back a third of the way that they went, but still two thirds they've gained. Mm -hmm. They shut up for a little while. The conservatives, the right never does anything to return to where we were. Yeah. They've 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 redefined the new boundary and then and then the next generation you know in the 10 20 years just they they move forward again so we'll see i don't know um i hope you're right i hope 
I it's weird because I do think it is in the death throes. It looks like the death throes. So we need to do something to um, change that pattern. And I think one of the things we can do, at least on the gender front, is we need to do what Finland has done. We need to ban surgery and cross-gender hormones for minors. There's no reason to be experimenting on kids. You can wait until you're 18. And it is the kind of thing that if in the future, people with clear eyes are going to look back and say, I can't believe this society allowed this to be done to children. And we have to, we have to actually be forward thinking the way that, that Finland and Switzerland are, and we have to outright ban that stuff on kids. You can't do that to children. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's enough, but sure. I mean, that's one thing. That's I can't one thing that, that I have seen. to say that that should be, <laughs> I can't believe that we yeah. have to say you shouldn't do that, but, uh, you should, but that's not, where we are. You should not do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Are you concerned about um are you concerned about backlash in the other way? Oh, I've always been concerned about it. I think everyone has, you know, because for every every reaction there's that that the whole saying about an opposite and equal reaction. However, and I do see some people gravitating towards that other extreme. We you and I have talked about this the whole time we've been doing this show. Mm -hmm. Um that they're trying to present a false dichotomy where it's sort of the, the true way to look at the world is, is that we need to look at it as a power struggle between racial groups or between these different identity groups. And the only difference between these two different ideologies is that one puts your identity group up here and one puts your identity group down here, that there's a danger that you'll buy into this false dichotomy and choose the one that puts your identity group higher when you shouldn't buy into that, that book, belief system in any way. It's two sides of the same coin. It's a messed up coin. The, that's not the way to look at the world. It's not a power struggle between identity groups. And so I, I do think that that is happening a little bit, but this is a long answer to your question. No, I'm not overall that worried about that. I think, I think I'm starting to see more people expressing that fear um, on social media in some of the spaces that you and I frequent because you are finally starting to see maybe because you're finally starting to see some conservatives doing what you're talking about and speaking up and saying, let's reclaim culture. And so then you've got an atheist contingent. That's like, no, I don't want to live in a Christian theocracy either. And I don't, right. I don't actually think the Christians are saying let's live in a theocracy. I think they're just saying we should start saying what we think is moral and immoral. Like what's wrong with that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, if I was going to, I'm trying to, if I was going to mine for optimism here, I think one of the most optimistic things is the idea that perhaps the right left dichotomy is falling apart. And I think it's, it's falling apart on both sides, right? So you've got, you mentioned Jimmy Dore, right? There's plenty of, of liberals who are like, I'm this woke shit is not Bill. Bill Maher is a great example, right? Yeah. This woke shit is not what I signed up for, right? So they're falling apart, but the Democratic Party remains woke. And on the right, um, the kind of ineffectual uh, milk toast conservatism that's been running the Republicans for decades uh, is kind of starting to be 
less and less relevant. Like I clearly Trump upset that party and there's like a more of a populist kind of republicanism that's starting to be on the rise. And maybe it's a chance I'm being as optimistic as I can, but maybe, maybe there's a chance for a realignment where it's like, we go on these scales of individualism versus authoritarianism. And we can, we can kind of be on those beyond measure ourselves by those standards and not are you republican or democrat but are you authoritarian or not authoritarian um so that's 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 where i find well i don't know i hope so but i i do think you're right i think that the the and we've talked about this for a couple years now too you and i is that left and right doesn't really mean that much anymore it really is about whether you're authoritarian or individualist but they they still successfully put that filter, that lens on right. things that are not right or left, like the COVID, the COVID mandates, the lockdowns, mm -hmm. the, uh, the mass mandates, the vaccine mandates. That's not a right or left thing. That's an authoritarian or libertarian thing. But they successfully convinced a lot of the sheep that it was a right left thing, which blew my mind that people that sheep would be like, let me go over to whatever tribe they say my tribe is doing now. Not everyone did that. The, there were people like we talked about the whole time. And I still know a lot of my progressive hippie lefty friends who are actually anti-authoritarian and know themselves. They're the ones who were protesting met the mandates here in Georgetown the whole time. And then I had some authoritarian friends or family on the right who supported the mandates. And I guess right. they know their authoritarian selves. <laughs> so they yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, they didn't I, fall for that right-left crap. They both stayed where they organically right. were. But most people right. seemed to fall for it, didn't they? Yeah, no, I. that's why I'm saying I'm like mining for optimism and saying like oh. a, a real victory here in the fight for, frankly, all the good things about Western civilization would be a realignment politically. It would be a recognition that the left-right glasses are false. Yeah, um, they're false. And they're keeping you from from actually seeing reality in the way that you should and that you should be looking at authoritarianism versus, uh, you know, individualism um, or, you know, however you want to word it, uh, freedom versus no freedom, whatever. Uh, that That's the that's a better lens through which to look at politics. And I, I agree that's not the default lens right now. But I... But maybe, maybe the left-right lens is cracking. Right. Maybe the left, maybe that because like you're saying, it did convince a lot of people, but not everyone. And there are more and more people now saying, well, I don't, I don't like either one. I don't like this. Um, yeah. So I and guess they we'll don't see. Know, I don't know. They don't know where to put the people who, who have woken up and said, Hey, guess what? Authoritarianism is not for me. Um, they try to put us all in the right camp because they because they still desperately want to keep that lens of right left. So if you're waking yeah, up, yeah, because everything that they don't like is on the right. Right. Yeah. So they 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 want to call us right wing. You and me. They want to call Joe Rogan right wing now. They want to call Jordan Peterson right wing. They want to call Brett Weinstein right wing. They want to call Jimmy Dore right wing. Anything that doesn't <laughs> because they have to. They cling so desperately to that that we all keep believing in this right left. Oh, this is so important, right? And if you disagree with the narrative and with with government uh, force and with the government owning people, that you're oh, the right winger now. That doesn't even make any sense. But that's what they're trying to do to you. And yeah, uh, 
It is. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know that we can solve anything in this moment. I was just I'm just yeah. curious where you where you are, because I know we've been talking about it and we, you know, for the past couple of years. And uh, well, can I make a prediction? Yeah. Tell me what you think, please. Yeah. I do think that. This is my this is my gut, my my intuition. I think that the uh, you know how atheists and Christians have come together to fight woke. Mm -hmm. And I do think there's going to, that it's getting a little bit fractious. I think there's going to be some splitting apart and yeah. I've seen that happening um, a little bit and things that indicate to me that there might be this movement of like, this is the right James way Lindsay to online a little bit. Right. Yeah. And this is the right way to fight it. And this is the right way to fight it. Right. And um, I think that might naturally happen. And I hope that we maintain our alliances um, well, I mean, you know, I hope that you and I maintain our alliance. I hope that we, <laughs> I hope that we maintain our alliances, but, uh, I think that's just, don't worry. Gonna... Woke is nowhere near actually dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just that, uh, I think that maybe that's instead of being sad about that, I think I'm, I'm starting to try to look at it as like, that's naturally what's going to happen as people propose what they think are the best solutions. We've all identified the problem, frozen it, started to name it. And now we're yeah. trying to figure out what the best antidote is. And we're obviously going to have some uh, differences on what goes into that cocktail, that antidote, right? And so I think, for example, being a Christian, I think the antidote is the way, the truth, and the light. I think it's Jesus. Right. I think it's Christianity. Right. And I think that's a, you can make an excellent case for why that's a good antidote, antidote, but um but I know people, you have a different antidote, a little bit different mixture in your cocktail and you, you've you got the mocktail. You've got the, you get the co your cocktail is like, sans Jesus, please. <laughs> uh, I've got more of the Bill Cosby mix, but hey, uh, no, I look, I, I, so I, I, I mean, that prediction is in line with, I don't know if you remember, but I've, I think I said this like two years ago at some point it will come down to Christians arguing with atheists about liberty and the right way to do it. And I'd be happy to have that argument because we're both in agreement on liberty being the goal. Yes. And like, that's a fun argument to have. Like it's much more enjoyable to be debating with someone who says, well, I agree with your right to say these things and individual rights are the goal. How do we get them? This is why I'm, this is why I'm totally friendly with like, well, not all libertarians, but like libertarians generally, minarchists and caps, they're all in this agreement and, and objectivists who I wouldn't describe themselves as any of those things, but they're all in agreement that, well, individual sovereignty is the goal. Like we're trying to protect individual sovereignty and they're, they're disagreeing on the right way to do it and the best way and the most effective way to do it. Some people like me are, I'm kind of an anarchist by default which is I'm like, I'm not sure how to do it. So I'm not going to propose to do anything because I don't know how to do it. But I know we need to fix culture and blah, blah, blah. Like I know the other stuff we need to do. So I I think you're right. I, I think there will be that fracturing. Uh, and the, the only thing that scares me about that fracturing is I can't tell how many, well, let's look, let's look at the atheist side, right? I don't know whether some of the atheists who've been supportive will just be like, uh, go after another enemy just as ruthlessly, 
or whether they'll be like willing to engage in debate. And I also don't know the same thing about the Christians. I don't know whether some of the Christians will be just like you're an atheist. Like I get a lot of hatred from a certain segment of the Christian population when I talk about atheism, right? Not all of them, right? But and James Lindsay experienced it as well. Like there, there is a segment that's like you are Satan. Um, oh, we get that too, though. I mean, it's not all the atheists. No, I'm. But I, I know. Yeah, I know. I started with we the atheists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we get a certain Christians get a certain. I still get a certain kind of hate too from part of that. So I know there's that animosity from a certain segment on each side of that. Yeah. So the question is like, yeah. how many of us are there, and how many of the people who just want to fight in like a hate war are there? Yeah. On each side, and I don't know. I think. Um, yeah, I just don't like talking to the people when I have a hate or no matter if they're atheists or Christians or whatever, just because they're not yeah, doing no, I agree. what I think is important. But yeah, I do. Uh, I think I'm trying to figure out how to better talk about Christianity be, being the antidote. And my preacher does a good job of it. But I, I think that humans need something. This might be where the root of where you and I disagree on some things, maybe. I think humans need something to worship. I've I've now kind of moved into that space of being, I agree with my preacher. I do think that humans are built, designed to worship something. And I think that they need, they need a story. They need, like Jordan Peterson talks about, a meta-narrative. They need, um, and, and I happen to believe, because I'm a believer, I believe they're designed that way because God designed them that way, to worship him. That's what I believe. But even if you're not a believer, you don't believe in a deity, I wonder if, if from the outside looking in, if an atheist could could agree with any portion of that. Like, do you agree with any portion of that, that people need? I think they need a meaning. And otherwise, if they're, if they're not worshiping in the right place, the right thing, they're going to worship the state. They're going to worship. That's what, for me, I think God is a big part of the antidote because Otherwise, human nature is such that they they put politicians and they put the government and they put this in in what I call the God space. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, I know it does. And I think it's a I, this is one of these questions that I don't think is answerable. And I think it's extremely complicated because um, all I can do. Really, the only thing I have direct knowledge over is my own needs in psychology for, for something like that. Like, I don't, I don't know what other people need. I don't, I don't feel like I need that at all. I don't feel a hole in my heart. I don't feel like it doesn't bother me that the universe is, I don't, I'm not sure how it exactly came into existence. Like, I don't, none of that stuff bothers me. Um, but I could be an anomaly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's, you know, like, who knows? Like, maybe there's something broken or whatever. Like, who knows? I don't know, right? So I, it's hard to then look out at everyone else and say, well, I'm going to make a blanket statement about what humans need because I think it gets pretty complicated. I can look out at atheists and say most of them are state theists. Most of them <laughs> replace their worship of God with the worship of state, okay? Like, I, I see that, right? Um, but I, I also look at things like beliefs, like I also look at a lot of this stuff and think, well, it's such a complicated issue in terms of why someone has motivation to believe or not believe something that, and I don't think it's a univariate. <laughs> it's not like, oh, because we have a God gene. Like, I just don't, we'll find that out, I guess, in 20 years when they're finished, uh, you know, really breaking down what our DNA is. But I 
very highly doubt there's just like this, you must believe you must, you know, we have an innate need to worship a God, right? Like, but me, like, I don't know what that means, but like, we clearly have a large percentage of us clearly have some psychological needs, but you know, it also was cultural, right? I mean, look at, look at the average Chinese person. They don't, they're not communist, by the way, uh, <laughs> the average person. Uh, they're living under communism, which is different. Uh, they, they're atheists by most definitions. There's, there does tend to be a little bit of mysticism in terms of like, uh, astrology type stuff. Um, but it tends to be very lighthearted. Some, some, some of the older ones take it very seriously, but not, but like that's 1.4 billion people. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I can make broad statements about what humans need. I can make the broad statement that most humans clearly do believe in something supernatural, whatever that is. But I would imagine that Christians aren't happy with any supernatural belief, right? Like Christians, I don't think Christians would say you have to believe. Well, would you? Would you have to believe something? Oh, I think people do. I think people have a need to believe something and that's why, but, but I think they believe a lot of the wrong, they try to fill that space with something that doesn't really fill it. That's why like I, I mean, I tried, religion. right. I tried to fill it with woke. A lot of people try to fill it with woke. A lot of people are trying to fill it with COVIDian stuff. I mean, look at them with their mask rituals right. that we were making fun of all these things fill, I think fill a deep seated human need to worship and to have ritual and to have meaning and it give it gives them a sense of 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 community and meaning and worship and it like everything from uh the social distancing the hand sanitizing the the masking the you know that's a lot of that the, the, the when it comes to the woke stuff you know the taking a knee and saying their names and repeating almost like liturgy it's it's very religious and yeah, they, and it, <sighs> but it, but I think it leaves them wanting. It left me wanting. I see these people who have woke as their religion, and they are not at peace. They're not at peace. Their religion doesn't give them any peace or grace. I, I think it's I think it's like trying to put um, government in that hole, or or alcohol in that hole, or shopping, or porn, or something. I think all of those things will leave you wanting, and at the end of the day, you can fool yourself for a while, but like you're cool. That's just what I think. And maybe you are an anomaly. I'm not, I don't know. I'm just kind of trying to just explain how I'm looking at the world and what I think the needs of humans are. Most humans. I'm just I trying know, to be honest. Like maybe oh, I'm no, an anomaly. We both are. So like, okay, yeah. well. No, like, I understand what right. you're saying. And I appreciate your open-mindedness about that. Like when you're saying like, maybe I'm, there's something that I'm missing or whatever, but I, yeah. I, I do, um, Almost everyone I know, just observing human nature, I think they need something to worship. And if they don't, what I get worried about is people in large group, the mob, right? People in large mm -hmm. groups who need something to worship come up with religions. Well, and they come up and they come up with these different, <laughs> they come up with woke, they come up with COVIDian stuff, they come up with what they come up with these things that are going to always, I think subvert liberty unless they have the right to, I guess, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think there's one true God and one true 
faith and one true place to put your eyes uh, to worship. And if you're not worshiping there, I think it, you're, you, all these other religions are going to, you're going to, you're going to worship in a thing that causes you to subvert liberty. My God doesn't require me to take away your rights. Like, and, well, and actually so my God, my God, it continually, it's like a working on yourself thing. It's figuring out where you were wrong. And it's trying to, what, one of the things I like about it practically is just an everyday practice of it as, as I'm experiencing it, I'm saying all this as a new, as a new person and just figuring some of this stuff out is that I'm continually amazed that it's about me learning how to rein in my humanness in some ways. Like this thing makes me angry. Okay. And I want to react in wrath. And, but I have a religion and a God that's like, don't react that way. Ah, what do I do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that it's this. Yeah. It's I just this, don't, I just don't get the religion. Like I have a prefrontal cortex. Great. Like that, that's why I don't go road rage and shoot people. Cause like, no, no, there's something that I, stops that. Like, I'm okay. I'm not talking about road rage or prefrontal. I'm talking about when you feel even, do you ever have a thing where you feel justified in, in, in reacting a certain way and you still choose not to do that? Like, like to turn the other cheek or whatever, or is there any kind of, I mean, do you I, have I a know. guiding, is there ever part of your, your, I guess that maybe not, I wouldn't call it a belief system, but the way that you look at the world that tells you, I think this is what I want to do and should do, but I have this system of faith that says, no, even though it doesn't make sense to me, it's like, don't do no. that. Okay. There's not a system of faith. Uh, there might be a system of evaluate the long-term consequences of that thing. And is it really in your best interest? And is it, you know, mm. is it actually going to be good in the long run? Yeah. Um, so, but I, I guess, um, I mean, we don't, I, we don't have to get all into it, but I, I, you, you threw a lot of stuff in there that were like people have a need for uh, meaning and to worship and community. And but like all of that stuff to me, like I'm I mean, most of it, I'm like, OK, sure. Clearly, we have a need for a community. Clearly, we have a need for meaning. Like clearly, OK. But none of that to me means. Like that's an argument from consequences for me, right? which is like, well, if we don't believe, then all this other stuff will be broken. It's like, well, that may be true. Maybe stuff's broken. But that doesn't make it true. It doesn't make the belief true, right? Like that's it's an argument for consequences. The same with the mob. Like, well, if we, you know, if we don't give them something to believe in that is in this direction, then they'll believe in they'll create something horrible. Like, well, that also may be true. Um, but again, it's an argument from consequences. So I don't that's I think that's just where we I think that's where we part on that. I find this Question, super fascinating. I'm just happy yeah. you're willing to talk about it with me. So I, and I do think this is where things are heading is maybe people figuring out how to better articulate what they think the antidotes to bad belief systems are. Well, my, my problem with Christianity is the antidote. And I, and I've said this to Christians and I think there's a Christian solution to this problem too. I'm not even saying you have to be an atheist. Uh, Christianity, like if it's just the Bible, the Bible is massively open to interpretation. There's nothing in the Bible that there's no political theory in the Bible about individual rights being the purpose of a government. And hey, let's have a you know constitutional republic with three branches. Like there's no the Bible doesn't have that. It has a lot of metaphor, a lot of poetry, some very clear things, um, some not so clear things. And regardless, it 
clearly needs to be interpreted because there are so many different interpretations. I mean, I've seen people in chat saying, well, a person who does blah isn't a true Christian. I don't know. Like from the outside, how the hell would we know? It's not totally clear. So I, I think what happened in roughly, well, we can say in the right after the Reformation and then like up leading up to the Enlightenment is Christian thinkers had a specific interpretation of the Bible which led them to make arguments about individual rights. And you had people like John Locke, even who were, you know, used religion to justify some, although he wasn't totally pro individual rights, at least he was not no divine right of the Kings. Right. So you had Christian thinkers provide a framework for interpretation of the texts. And I think without that framework of interpretation, I don't see Christianity being any better than anything. I mean, it's there was some vile stuff that happened for a while under Christianity. And and it's and I think the if we're gonna look and give Christianity its due in terms of how it's helped the West, it's the interpretation of Christianity in a particular way that helped the West. And what I don't see is Christians being honest about that and saying, yes, it's not it's not just the Bible, it's a particular interpretation of the Bible that is that is important. And this is why this interpretation is important. This is why this is the right interpretation. It's why if you consider yourself a Christian, this should be your, and maybe some preachers are doing that. I don't, I don't know. Right. But like, that's the, if I were a Christian, the arguments I would be making are about why those interpretations are correct and, and more accurate and better. And because those interpretations are necessary, if you care about individualism, they just I think, are. I think it's, well, I, I appreciate you explaining that. I, for me, humans can misinterpret anything. As we've talked about, they don't even, our constitution means nothing actually if they have the dictionary and they want to change the meaning of words. Like they can pervert and pollute and misinterpret and misuse anything, any belief system, any document, any written uh, sure. like guidelines or rules or statements of belief they can do that to anything and yes they've done it to christianity just like they've done it to everything else but being a christian uh i guess it's become easier for me than it was when i was on the outside of it i used to take a lot of those snake oil salesmen and con artists for the real deal and now i'm like oh i can't believe i didn't see that before but that was only because i didn't know i don't know i didn't have a connect i wasn't a christian i didn't have a connection to the the word and I wasn't like reading it. And um, there's a very clear message throughout the new Testament that Jesus speaks about the way to live. And it's not even about like, I don't know, for me, it's, it's not even about so much the, the belief in the deity, although I do have the belief in the deity. It's more about, here's an example of how to best be in the world. And when I see people who are trying to be that way, I admire them and I can tell that they're sincere. And when I see people that are not trying to live that way, I don't care what they call themselves. I don't care if they call themselves a Christian. If they are not trying to live that way, that I don't want anything to do with them. <laughs> like, no, I, I understand, you know but I mean? we're talking about political theory and you have to understand right. that the snake oil salesmen that you're talking about predate the, the people that you're talking about that are doing it Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, right. So it's a modern do. interpretation of Christianity. And that's that's my only point is that like there is a modernism that needs to be superimposed over Christianity if you want to to use it as the basis for arguments for individual liberty. Um, and that modernism was superimposed 
over Christianity and used as the basis. Like that's what did actually happen, right? That did happen. Um, so, and I, I, but I think without making that argument, you end well, up with, I, I get you're calling them snake oil salesmen, but you get with any other interpretations that are like, well, it's this interpretation. It's that it's, it's, it's infused well, with wokeism or whatever. Right. Well, the problem is people just listen to words instead of looking at behaviors. I'm trying to figure out a better way to talk about this too, is because mm -hmm. it's not just a belief system. It's a behavior system. It's a, it's a behavior system. And so like, okay, look in the anti-woke, look in the anti-woke movement. We're still in, I was talking to my Carlo this morning about this. There are, there are con artists and snake oil salesmen in this movement against woke. Oh, everywhere. And yeah. yeah and, and by their behaviors, they don't oppose woke with their behaviors. Look right. at uh, Carlin, who we talked about. I, I'll say her name. Supports cancel culture, supports bullying, um, starts cancel mobs, um, supports deplatforming, you know, behaves in a way that has that doesn't align at all with what it is we're trying to do in terms of pursuing truth and and individualism. And yet, People will look at a snake oil, and she's not the only one. I don't have to pick on her. People will look at a carn artist's words and say, hey, don't say anything about it because they're on our side. No. And that's the same with Christianity. They are not on my side. If I don't care if they say what their beliefs are. It's a behavior system. If your behavior doesn't line up with what you're speaking, you're not on my team. Even if you say, I'm a Christian and we have to get better. I think people, maybe there's a, I've been thinking about this a lot. Maybe there's a human desire. Uh, uh, what's his name that died? Uh, Ravi, people in chat will know this. He's a Christian minister, Zavi, Ravi, something. I wasn't that familiar with him. People kept telling me I had to check out this guy. Okay. He passed away recently. And then there were all these allegations. They had started before he died, but after he died, they came to a head and there was an investigation within one of the Christian organizations he ran he had been inappropriate sexually with several different women. Um, he had paid hush money or something to one of them. He, there was all this stuff happening in the background. And I talked about him once having read some of these allegations. Yeah. Ra, uh, Ravi Zacharias. Zacharias. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ravi Zacharias. Look into this guy. I got so there was there was I remember one Christian on my wall who I didn't know that well, but someone who followed me. He got so angry that I even talked about this. Don't you Why? tear this. Don't you tear this. This is a good Christian. Do you know all the good work he's done for Christianity? Don't you tear this Christian down? Da, 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 da. Don't. OK, that's the wrong impulse. You you were we are called to judge one another on our behavior. If he is speaking a belief system and he is not behaving in that way, you are absolutely supposed to call that out and point it out and pay attention to it. You are not protecting members of the flock and whatever your flock is, if it's anti-woke, if it's Christian, whatever, you are not protecting members of your flock if you do not say, hey, that's a wolf over there dressed as a sheep. I don't care what good you think yeah. they're doing by spreading the words. It's not just about words. It's about behavior. How is that person behaving? How is that man behaving? Is he is he a predator? If he's a predator, yeah. call it out. 
And you are not doing the right thing by protect. God doesn't want you protecting. I'm talking now to the Christians who want to protect people like that. Don't, he doesn't want you protecting someone like that. You are not, God doesn't need you. The truth doesn't need any help. It doesn't need you to cover anything up. The truth doesn't need you to cover up this man's sins and transgressions. Otherwise, Christianity might not reach the masses if you expose that this guy's a predator. <laughs> I don't care what good words he did. It is true that wolves can sometimes spread the good word. If that's a wolf, you say that's a wolf. It's behavior. It is a behavior system. It's not just a belief system. Does that make sense? That's coming from the heart. I get really passionate about it. Yeah, I mean, of course it makes sense. Yes. <laughs> I'm not I mean, yelling at you, Carter. I just said- No, no, I know. I'm not a Christian who's, I don't even yeah. know who this guy is. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, of course it makes sense. This is why integrity matters. This is why healthy psychology matters. This is why introspection matters. I mean, none of us live up to our uh, our moral ideals constantly, but uh, you know, it's our job to police ourselves and right. to call other people out. Like that's- yeah, absolutely. And nobody I mean, says no... like throw stones. I don't know yeah. who would argue with that. Exactly. Well, people did. And, and the thing is, he didn't, this guy didn't come forward and confess and say, I've struggled with this and I'm a sinner and, and pray for me. He tried to silence these women. That's the difference. That's living in sin. That's not living your beliefs. Your beliefs say, yes, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all we're only human, but you admit those in honesty, courage, and 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 despite the fear, you admit those mistakes, and then you resolve to not make them again, and then you'll make different kinds of mistakes, and you admit those, and you resolve to not make them again. But to cover up, that's living in your that's a behavior choice. That's something different, entirely different. That is you trying to well, put on a sheepskin. You know what it is? What it's tribalism in the same way that the woke cover cover each other's sins up yes it's tribal yes I hate and it. tribalism is a problem um yes. and so uh you know <laughs> i don't think you can have any moral or intellectual integrity and be a tri tribalist because it requires that you compromise them for um uh, for people that are members of your tribe yeah so i agree uh, carter we look in this way we are in the same flock you and me <laughs> Well, then I will defend you even if it means <laughs> screw no, over my integrity. Because we're in the tribe. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah, look, I mean, I think so much of this is, well, and we actually, this is obvious from the way that we started this conversation. So much of, so much of this is intertwined with psychology um, that sometimes it's hard to uh, talk about beliefs or ideas, ideology, whatever, um, without also talking about the psychology that uh, is underneath it. Um, because I think in a lot of cases, I mean, we've talked about the woke ideology being a way for uh, to enable dysfunctional, specifically, we've talked about cluster B stuff, and Josh Slocum talks about it all the time on Disaffected. Um, we've talked about that being a, uh, an enabler of this psychological dysfunction. And I think many people, uh, even outside of woke, will use their belief system to justify their psychology, their dysfunction, right? 
So I, I don't yes. think that's unique to woke. I don't think it's unique to Christianity. Sure. I don't think it's unique to anything. It's like um, unique to human nature. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. I'm, what I'm realizing also is that the past couple of years have been very difficult for everyone, but also there's so many silver linings. I've learned so much about human nature and my eyes have been open to so many things. And I, I, I'd never realized how many uh, predators there are out there. I think there's a lot more than I thought Ch child predators, how many of the predators, maybe, maybe I'm starting to realize maybe it's natural for the predators to rise up to the top of hierarchies in some way. Um, maybe most, if it's a hierarchy that, yeah. If it's a yeah. hierarchy that is, uh, I think this, this my, my anarchist uh, bias is showing. So let's put that out very clearly. If it's a hierarchy in which the end game is a monopoly on the use of force, you better fucking believe predators are going to climb that hierarchy, right? Like it attracts people who want to use force against other people. Mm. That's what it attracts. That and those sense. people are predators. The government no wonder. I used to think it was just, a, I, I know I was a Pollyanna and naive. Okay. I used to think, remember when we first started this show, Carter, and I thought people um, got, became politicians that you rise, the, you climb the hierarchy by being, showing good behavior, being a good person and, <laughs> you know, and having friends who yeah, they each right, support you, good you said people. showing good behavior as your your first description <laughs> of a politician. <laughs> but, and Carter, you helped me realize that, no, it's the opposite. You said, Carrie, I remember there was one episode where you said, Carrie, don't you realize how they rose? Somebody has something on that person. That's why they let them rise. They're not going to let them rise unless they have something on them that they can use to hold over their head. And I was what? So bad people <laughs> rise? Yes, bad people mm. rise. Why? Because <laughs> worse people higher up have something on them and know they can control them. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Bad people? <laughs> yeah. But I get it now. I totally get it. And I've seen it even right. in this non-woke world. And people let fear and greed control them. Oh, Yes. Okay. And there and there are look, I mean in a country of 330 million people, there's bound to be a large number of actual psychopathic predators. Yes. A lot. Plenty they, to fill man. the entire government. Plenty. And they become polished. And so we used to see stuff like, okay, you'd see a predator. Now I'm just going to talk about predators generally. They're not all the same kind of predators. There's all kinds of different predators. Some are murderers, some are abused women, some are, you know, some mm -hmm. just tr abuse their power in different ways to get more power, more money, more influence. But let's talk about these predators as a whole. There are these predators that people know are some kind of predator who get exposed after a long period of time of everybody knowing, okay? Like Harvey Weinstein or Jeffrey Epstein or what have you. And I used to not understand that. And I understand that now. And now I'm more, now I've realized, oh, and there's lots of them who haven't been, who haven't taken that fall yet. Like look at Hillary Clinton. And you, and the weird thing is most normies in this way, I'm, I'm a normie. I would just think, oh, all that stuff they say about her and the joke about the body count, all that stuff, that's, that's crap. Um, that's just it's a joke not, and it's not, it's but, not based and, in reality. And, and you know what people think? They think because the fall hasn't happened, that that person's not a predator. But when the fall happens and then there's like, how could we not have seen it? And it's like, there's this veneer that protects right. these people like Kamala Harris. 
how many people has that narcissist stepped on who know what she is and are silent because they're out of fear or because they want something like they get up there, they get to the top of these hierarchies, a lot of them in politicians. And I, I guess my eyes were just closed to this for so long. Maybe everybody in the chat's like, duck, Harry. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I, 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 you're, I think a lot of people get duped by it, but, uh, this is why I this is why I'm kind of I always think it's kind of funny that that people say, well, people are some people are inherently bad. Therefore, we need government. To me, when people say that, I, I hear some people are inherently bad. Therefore, we need to build a monopoly on the use of force that incentivizes the worst among them to rise to the top and control all of us. I'm like, what? That is the most bizarre <laughs> argument I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought for the longest time. <laughs> and so many people still think that. How do we wake them up? Well, I I would argue that most people don't think, but yeah. Uh, you know, it's <sighs> it's tough. I, there was something else I was going to say, but I forgot. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, you know what? Unfortunately, though, some people like oh, Mrs. Look, Clinton may may die of old age and it will be my grandchildren that hear about her and it will be too late and no one will care anymore yeah no one will care think about all the psychopaths in history that attained some type of um cultural or political power and they never were exposed or even celebrated today as a good person do you know what i mean that's oh, crazy yeah absolutely yeah. Um, Judson, this is not a super chat, but if you see this, can you put it up on the screen, Beverly? It might be hard to find it. Judson Pinson says, a wolf in sheep's clothing can harm some individual sheep, but a wolf in shepherd's clothing can destroy the whole flock. Oh, yes. That's a great one. Did you that's, just make that up? That's, that's awesome. Wish. That is excellent point. And that's what I'm talking about. If you see a wolf in shepherd's clothing, you have a duty to the flock to call that wolf out, I think. And do not be told to be silent because look at all the good works. Ravi Zacharias has done. Look at all the good. He spread the message. Yeah, you know what? There might have been a shepherd that could have spread that message. That he, what about one of those women he he silenced? Maybe they were called to spread a message. And like, I, I just don't, I'm never going to understand that impulse of like, the truth needs this help. And so we have to not speak the truth in order to help the truth. No, <laughs> no, the truth doesn't need you to cover anything up. Yeah. No. I mean, uh, yeah, I, the, the truth doesn't need you to cover everything, anything up. That's true. Um, I don't know. I th these people. I don't like the idea of. Actually, I think it's unhealthy psychologically, to put people up on pedestals and to say, "I like like this person is. This person is a good person in every way and a hero in every way, and I will attack anyone who says anything negative about them." Mm -hmm. Um. I have heroes like historically I can look back at and say there's heroes that I that I really like clearly uh clearly I like a lot about what Ayn Rand had to say clearly I like as far back as Aristotle and Thomas Jefferson in between and like 
there's clearly people in history that I like many of the things that they have to say. And I think we're brilliant and did and moved, uh, moved us forward in a, in a meaningful way. But also they all were flawed individuals <laughs> with things that I yes. don't like and disagree with. I mean, Martin Luther King cheated on his wife a lot. Yeah. He was, and he was a kind of a shitty socialist. Like there's some crappy things about him. It doesn't take away from the set. Like, we can still look at some of the things he did and said, the ones that were the most public and the most impactful and say those were, that was, you know, that was good or that was a, this was helpful and constructive. But uh, I just, having a dose of realism with your hero worship is probably something that everyone really needs um, because yeah. look, we're all, it. we're all flawed. We all have mis make mistakes. We all have things that we get wrong and do wrong and whatever. And, I the minute I think people are maybe this is what you're getting at. People need someone to worship or something to yes. worship, and they they decide to worship a person like yes. in their in the entirety, like in their 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 entire person. They just decide whether it's Michael Jordan or <laughs> like JFK or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Or they Trump worship or the person. Robbie yeah. Zachary, yes, and yes. that is anti-intellectual it's unhealthy psychologically i think it's a disaster um and this is where we go where maybe i'm the anomaly i don't feel the need to worship it. <laughs> like well, see, i, I don't that, feel that i that i'm so glad you brought it home to that because i was about to make that point and you did it for me is i think this goes the hero worship thing goes to what i was saying before is i think most people, people in general, I think they need to worship someone or something and they'll put the government there. They'll put individual politicians there. They'll put people in their individual shepherds. That's a, even in Christianity. So for example, like I have shepherds who I trust my preacher, the, the elders of my church, um, some of the older women in my church who, who have more experience than me, who are much wiser than me. They're, they're the shepherds I look to, but they're human. They're human. And if I found out something about their behavior that told me they're not walking the talk they're speaking, that's it. That's it. That's like, that is a red flag. You don't ignore that red flag and say, but look at all the other stuff. It's like, no. It, and again, well, you could call them out. And I, and I bet some of those yes. people in your life would say, oh, you know what? You're right. I'll, I'm sorry. Blah, blah, and they blah, would blah, say, blah. thank you for, if they were really walking the path, they'd say, thank you for calling that out and brought, bringing that to my attention. Yeah. Thank you for calling me on my, on walking the walk. Who was that mega preacher? Ted Haggard. Okay. Remember his fall from grace. And so he, uh, did an apology interview with, I want to say it was Oprah. Maybe somebody in chat might know this. And I look, I don't know if this guy's sincere or not, but in his apology thing, he seemed sincere that he had finally, that he had been, he in a way, he said his fall from grace was good for him because he had gotten so far away from God and away from the word. And he was just this charlatan until he was in a way, he was glad it all came to light because it humbled him and brought him back to what he really believed. And that's what you want to see if, if, somebody, if somebody is living something that's so at odds with what they say they believe is if they get called on it, like, correct that stuff like don't and don't hide that stuff and you and you and you shouldn't have to be found out you should be you should come forward like crime and punishment the book that we read for book club it's like it should be it should be eating at you because you're living yeah. a lie and if you're not if it's not eating at you 
I think there's something broken, like you're like a sociopath or something where it's just, you don't have that conscience, yeah. but, um, Anyway, I'm rambling, but I think, yes, I think to get to your point, yes, I think people have, they engage in hero worship all the time and they can't separate yeah. and they want to, they, like you said, they want to worship everything about a person. And and then, um, and then sometimes that means they can't even see them as human. And if, if they disagree with them on one thing, they want to throw them out. Like, like the Jordan Peterson example I've given before, where people didn't like what he said about Kavanaugh. And then they were like, oh, I'm done with Peterson. Like, what? <laughs> you know that's well, because, one thing because they remember. are to to agree yeah. with you in this in this sense it's because they're looking for a god substitute mm -hmm. and god doesn't make mistakes right so if and jordan peterson other... says something you don't like he can't be your god you gotta move yeah. on the other thing that uh oh somebody says my mic is picking up a lot of the s sound i'm, I'm sorry I'm... <laughs> um the other th the other thing I like about Christianity. Can you say silly Sally sells seashells down by the sea? No, I'll hold my lips closer together. Um, the don't be self-conscious about it. I okay. okay. The other thing about Christianity that that I do like, I'll say this about it when it comes to hero worship, and this is something I never understood until very recently. Why this would be a good thing? I used to think that's awful that it would tell you to do that, right? It tells you to put God above your spouse. And I used to think, oh, no, why would it do that? No, I laugh at it because I, of course it does, because your spouse is not God. Your spouse is going to make mistakes. You can't engage in hero worship, even with your spouse. You can't do that. And nothing, don't, you can't take anything for granted. If you are a Christian, I'm not speaking to the atheist, but if you're a Christian, you can't take anything for granted except for God's love. And, and so I joke, cause I call my husband, I'm like, God's number one, you're number two and Tiger's number three. And I'm number four. <laughs> he calls Tiger number three. <laughs> He'll be like, did you hear that Tiger number three? <laughs> Poor Tiger. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, w I would say that's even true because I've, this is some, this is actually a topic that I've thought about a lot because um, I do like hero worship in, in the sense of like fiction. I like, I like heroes and fictional characters and being able to look up to them and, and, and see them. So in that sense, I like, I like hero worship, but even in that sense, um, it's attributes of them that I like. It's not, you, you can, you can start worshiping and admiring qualities without the entire person. Cause even in fiction, there's very few heroes that are like, in fact, in fiction, when there's a hero that's not flawed, it's hard to relate to them. So you end up not yeah. even like, it's like, eh, okay, that's, that's, you yeah. know, kind of a two dimensional character at that point. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with, and in fact, I think there is a need for us to have something that inspires us that we can look up to. Um, but I think it's, it doesn't need to be an entire person. It can be qualities of a person. It can be things that they've done or whatever. Like it can be those things because those things are isolated and like you can't take that away. If a person has a particular good quality, like, okay, you worship them because you're worshiping that that abstract inside of them, right? Or if they've done something, that's an, that's an act that you can't take away. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. But, but people really tend to want to, they want to have a just I, I want the whole I, they personify. I think what happens is they take the abstract and they they are they're not actually seeing person with with full 
eyes. They're not really seeing the person. They look at the person and they see the abstracts that they like. And then they just, that person's body and face become representative of those abstract things. Um, and that's it. And they're not seeing the whole person. I think someone I agree, says that's yeah. why no one likes Ray. Who's Ray? Is this a Star Wars thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because she had no, yeah, she had no character development at all. Yeah. She like, uh, she went yeah, from she, collecting junk to defeating a Jedi Knight or not a, a Sith or whatever. I am. A Mary Sue. She was a Mary Sue. Yeah. She was a Mary Sue. Uh, so. Uh, right. Keith the Hat Guy has a good super chat. Let's do a couple of these. Okay. I'm going to replace every S with a D. Let's do the duper chat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should I start with Keith the Hat or should I rewind? I'm going to read Keith the Hat Guy. I'll start with it. Then you can rewind. Keith. Hello, Keith. He says the deep, meaning the sheep, I was going to. The sheep lived their whole lives thanking the shepherd for protecting them from fox. Then the shepherd kills and eats them. The sheep worry about the. (laughs) I love you, Keith. (laughs) The sheep worry about the Mm. wrong problem. (laughs) Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah, it's an interesting metaphor when you think about it that way, isn't it? (laughs) Lamb chops. Keith, you should write um, children's books for atheists. Children's books. (laughs) (laughs) Liberty-minded children's books for atheists. (sighs) All right. uh, Let's back up. Zato says, have you all seen the clip of Boston Mayor Michelle Wu trying to take questions on Instagram Live? The viewer comments are great, roasting her over minutes. That is an awesome Instagram. Yes, I have. Have you seen this clip? No. Carrie, she's on Instagram. And it's just a continuous stream of like, lift the mandate, stop screwing with our children. It's like a stream of just cut it out, lift your mandates, blah, 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 like anti-mandate stuff. And she pretends that she's having technical difficulties and can't read. Oh, I can't, can't see. Oh, I can't see. And then you can like, but you can watch her face as she's reading them. And she's like, you can see that she's like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble. So she cherry picks, like there's like 10 in a row hating on her and one in the middle that's like, Happy New Year, Year of the Tiger. And she's like, yes, Happy New Year, Happy Year of the Tiger. And <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Uh, because they are so narcissistic that they can't fathom that they're not widely loved by everyone. Yeah. And they live in little bubbles. They live in little NPR bubbles where what they do is praised on NPR and all their friends and colleagues, everyone in government thinks that they're the best. And like they're just all, they all, they've fallen all over them. So to hear from actual people, yeah <laughs> it's it's like traumatizing you could see she was just like and she didn't know what to do with it and she the whole time she just pretended like she was having technical difficulties and was managed she managed to cherry pick like the 0.1 percent of all of the comments that were not anger and respond to those wow. <laughs> they don't they don't like coming down from their ivory towers and mixing no. with the people they do not uh mighty balzac says valentino's day i recommend whiskey and crying well, that's sad. You don't need the crying. Uh, B. Allen says, it's not the POC point of view, it's the director's point of view. Yes. Yeah. I think we might have read that one already. 
Keith the Hack Guy said, in the end, I expect a split. I was fired from the Convention of States for not being Christian. They want to fix DC by pushing Christianity. It's more important than liberty. Mm. Yeah. I, th I think this split's going to happen as well, but I don't. I hope it's not soon. And it doesn't happen to happen with everyone. Uh, TPS says, freedom is foundational. No compulsion in religion. I think it depends on the religion, buddy. <laughs> uh, Z-Man uh, gives us two super chats, both for five bucks, and says, the fear, this he's quoting Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord, trust in the Lord will be safe. Thank you. All righty. I think that's it for the super chats. Unless, hold on, I had a super chat failure, so I need to look, but I think that's it. Yeah, I think I got them. By the way, I will put up a link to, this is a personal, just a thing I would tell you off camera, but I'll tell you on camera. Uh, yesterday's sermon was really great, and you got a shout out from my preacher. Uh oh! Don't be <laughs> like said, Carter. Was it that kind of? No, <laughs> he said heaven would be better with you in it, Carter. Oh, he was actually making a point. He was talking about the time that he was on the show, uh, having a good conversation with you and Mark Pellegrino, and he said he was talking about that. The topic of that conversation he said there was one point i was trying to make that i never got to and i wish i'd been able to make it and i want to make that point now and he was making it in the sermon and then he ended with that and i was like oh made me cry like, that was a tough yeah. show because it was so <laughs> jam-packed i feel like everyone walked away going i wanted to make this point there was like wait there was yeah. a lot in there yeah yeah that was a anyway i'll send you that sermon when it when it's up it was it was well, I'm just going to remind the Christians that hate on me sometimes. I'm going to remind them, Brad. Brad thinks so. Heaven that heaven would be better with you in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although, in fairness to Brad, I'm pretty sure heaven, by definition, would be better with more souls in it generally, right? So, uh, because if you get party. there, you're better. Yeah, it's a bigger party. A bigger right? party. <laughs> and you can always come late to the party. Hmm. After you're dead, I think you're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just mean... I'm no I, expert, mind you. <laughs> well, that's the point at which, yes. I had a girl reach out to me on Twitter the other day. and She's wanted to know about faith and stuff and talk to me. And, and she said, is it too late? I'm like, no, that's not what our faith believes. No, it's not too late. Anyway. Actually, um, here, I, I'll TMI the audience on this one. I grew up in a little bit of a cult, uh, and we were explicitly taught that. And there's uh, verses. I mean, I have actually boxes of what that time. The time is up. That in the end times, God will withdraw the the gift of repentance from Gentiles. Um, oh, and and that the time was up, and that and like we went from the time almost being up to the time being up during my young adult, <laughs> um, and like. And and yeah, so there was a it, like it was over for Gentiles. It was too late. Like in fact, right now or in the nineties or whenever that it was too late to repent. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you're way past time, Carrie. Uh, <laughs> unless you were a Jew, God was saving some extra. I don't remember exactly. The, it's been like thirty years, guys. Uh, God was saving some extra like grace for the Jews, um, but he was done with the Gentiles. And you know, like anything. 
you can put a hypothesis. This is one of the the issues with with if you want to just cherry pick stuff. There's a whole trove of stuff you can cherry pick and then expound upon and have your own revelations. You can do what you want. So, um, <laughs> times up. I actually have up. a sign in my attic. I saved a sign from these days that says "Time's Up." Maybe I'll go get it. It's a giant. I mean, I can't get it right now, but it's a giant sign that says "Time's Up." That was mailed to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, hey, so not every belief system is as openness. There's definitely there's definitely variations. That's really. Yeah. But for Brad, I'm still invited. So that's uh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <sighs> All right. Well, this was a strange meandering show, but I liked it. Um, it's good. I like these kind of conversations. Talk about stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as a reminder, is it what? Is it March sixth is the book. Do you have the book? I do have the book, the real Anthony Fauci, which is a uh, very romantic. You're saying for the holidays? Okay. You were going <laughs> to yeah. tell me what tell what your... this has to. <laughs> oh, I was. Well, I it's too long now because it's a whole story. But there's an entire story in in. Forbes about COVID related Valentine's Day jargon and Fauciing someone is a thing. Oh, it's gross. not as gross as you would sound, but like oh. you could get Fauciied. Oh. Yeah. That, that <laughs> doesn't sound like day. it involves consent, though. <laughs> it definitely does not involve, it actually, the definition does, but uh, yeah. It sound, does sound, the thing that I love about it is, I I am I 100% honestly believe that that there's a sexual fetish undertone to almost all of this covidian stuff and to hear them talk about the language and like that being fauci is a thing that somehow relates to relationships just reaffirms my belief that there's just some sort of fetishization going on underneath all this. So um okay I know we're wrapping up and and leaving and this has been long but do you have like 5 more minutes for me to say yeah, yeah, something? Yeah yeah yeah. Okay, I bet you didn't see this. I'm just going to go on a limb. Kanye West was tweeting a lot yesterday on Instagram. Did you see any of that? I almost, I almost choked on my water. No, I did not see what Kanye <laughs> West was doing. <laughs> okay, so uh, it, the thing is, I think he. I was talking about this on Twitter with um, Surat Chawla, mm. who's a friend of the show, and. Mm -hmm. He exhibits, and I think he's talked about before having bipolar. He ex he goes into these sort of manic fits, um, and I think he was definitely maybe having one yesterday. But the thing about him is he speaks truth. I, actually, this may be an unpopular opinion. He's not crazy. His mania makes it seem sometimes because he'll overpost, um, but he sees things clearly. He sees them clearly, and he's trying to explain them clearly. He went on this rant on Instagram. It looks like he's deleted a lot of it now. So I'm actually having trouble finding it. But he went on this rant because his ex-wife, Kim Kardashian, is dating Pete Davidson. Do you know who Pete Davidson is? Yeah, he seems to get a lot of play in Hollywood for reasons I can't understand. But yeah. Yeah, he's this total scumbag looking, uh, just t complete loser. And personality. Well, I mean, not, not by the nail and chicks category he's doing pretty well on that i think it's so weird he uh he has admitted 
that he has a personality disorder. He has BPD, um, drug user, all this other stuff. But the perhaps the most, the thing that calls into to question his character the most is what I'm sending you right now. Okay. And and he's the kind of guy that if if you read the next, if you read one morning you wake up and he's like OD'd in a ditch, you won't be surprised. There's just Not something Kanye. wrong with this guy. So Kanye was making fun of this and I can't find his exact Instagram post, but put up this picture. He was basically oh. calling into question. He's like, you guys want to call me crazy and look at this guy's tattoo. He posted this tattoo. Is that real? He, yes. He posted it on his Instagram back when I remember when this happened, he said he wanted to get a tattoo to honor his hero, Hillary Clinton. And he got this tattoo. That's the craziest stuff I've ever seen. And Kanye has a point. You want to call him crazy? And Pete Davidson is walking around with a, that tattoo of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> what is wrong? I, I concede. I concede that Kanye has a point here. He uh, has a I'm... point. <laughs> he sees things clearly. His mania just makes it hard for him to <sighs> get out sometimes. I, but I, yes. I can't believe that someone did that. Yes, and he actually Instagrammed. He said he sent he shared a, a screenshot of some messages from Pete Davidson talking about how he wants to hope they they can be friends and he wants to meet the kids one day and be part of the family. And Kanye tweeted this and said, You will never meet my children. <laughs> Go Kanye. <laughs> Anyway, just, there, oh yeah, is, uh... somebody in chat says this this apply, hero worship right there. Yeah, you get a tattoo of Hillary Clinton. Gross. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> I'm staring at it still. I don't know. I can't believe that this is real. Yeah. He, he, yeah. I don't. What? what? <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> I just, you know what? We need to just. I would like to leave some portion of the worlds to the crazies and the rest of us can move somewhere else. And then we don't have to argue about individual rights. We can be like, yeah, that's a thing. Let's figure out how to preserve them. And we can let these people, you know, they, they can have most of the country. I don't care. I just want a spot. Yeah. They will implode. I mean, someone says, Carter, <laughs> quick, get a Fauci tattoo. <laughs> I bet there's, I'm surprised. Pete, maybe that'll be Pete Davidson's next tattoo, Fauci. So gross. You know, Hillary needs to get a, a tattoo of Pete Davidson. <laughs> That's the next <laughs> All of it's so gross. Anyway, I just wanted to end on that note. Is thanks. Kanye, Kanye sees things clearly. I think he just is sometimes, a bit of mania. Sometimes um, it seems like he's a little bit crazy, though. Yeah, you know. Yeah, bit of mania. That's it. Okay. Happy Valentine's Day. He did marry a Kardashian right out Rude. the gate. So we are reading the real Anthony Fauci, and uh, tomorrow I'm going to be on. You are here. With Elijah Schaefer and Sydney Watson. At uh, some time that you're not going to tell tomorrow us. Tomorrow night, live. And 
uh, and then what else? I think that's I think that's it. Oh, and check out uh, subscribe to my new channel, my deprogram channel. If you haven't yet, we are slowly yep. building up an audience. And I have to do a shout out to my Valentine, my husband, because he did the music on the show on the show, and it's good. I like it. And it's anyway. Valentine's Day, so you kind of have to. Do and it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's yeah. Day, Carter. Happy Valentine's Day, Carrie. Thank you, Elf. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone uh, who's watching. Um, yeah, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, all that stuff. And uh, I have to go bleach my eyeballs after that. So um, <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see you later, I guess. Bye. <laughs>